Earning your degree online doesn't mean you have to go about it alone. At Capella University, we're here to support you when you're ready. From enrollment counselors who get to know you and your goals, to academic coaches who can help you form a plan to stay on track. We care about your success and are dedicated to helping you pursue your goals. Going back to school is a big step, but having support at every step of your academic journey can make a big difference. Imagine your future differently at capella.edu. And live from the NASDAQ market site overlooking New York's Times Square, this is Fast Money, and I'm Tyler Matheson in tonight for Melissa Lee. Our traders on the desk are Tim Seymour, Brian Kelly, Dan Nathan, Guy Adame. It was a Friday fade, folks. Wall Street closing out a turbulent week in the red. So what can you expect for your money in the week ahead? We will break out our crystal ball. Plus, hungry for opportunity? Investors continue to chow down on those food stocks. But will this binge session end oh, badly? Nice. nice. Oh, nice, right? And it is mall madness time. We're going to break down a few retail names that should be on your shopping list ahead of their earnings. A lot of earnings next week in that sector. But we begin with that wild week on Wall Street. It all started with a Monday market meltdown, followed by a turnaround Tuesday. Then more wild swings throughout the week. And in the end, stocks closed out the week in the red. So are the wild swings here to say stay? Wild swings, wild things. And if they are, what guy is an investor like well, me Well, first of all, do? Tyler, hope you're here great. To stay. I am right. here to stay. The next hour, Tyler Matheson I am known will be for wild swings. <laughs> wild thing, of course, by the Trogs, one of their only songs. Oh, yeah. You remember that wild back in your thing. day, number two. Or the name of a reliever. I think it was Mitch Williams coming out of the bullpen. Excellent point. Or Charlie oh, Sheen good. in wild Major story. League. Now we're completely off the rails great early. Great story. But at volatility, I believe the volatility is here to stay. I'm shocked that the week wasn't worse. But I'll say this again. You weren't here Wednesday, but Wednesday was the turnaround day that I think everybody was hoping for on Tuesday. We got it on Wednesday. If nothing else, I'll reiterate this. The lows put in on Wednesday in a number of stocks in the S&P 500 specifically gives you something to trade on the long side against. With that said, next week is uh, one of the potentially most dangerous weeks for stocks in quite some time. Why? Why? Yeah. Well, think, well, we're going to talk about all the headwinds and all the macro things going on around the world. I want to save that. But I'll just say this. It's not a currency war. And Brian will back me up on this. What's going on is a currency crisis. War implies that somehow it can be controlled by the participants. Crisis means it's out of control. That's where we are. And if you want proof positive, the gold market is telling you everything you need to know. Yeah, it's I mean, listen, that's the thing that we talked about on Monday. Is this a currency war? Is this a currency crisis? No matter what asset class you're investing in, that's what you have to answer. And we're quickly morphing into the crisis phase of it. We can avoid it. China can avoid it. But there's things that have to that have to go awfully right. And we've got a lot of things going awfully wrong. So you ask the question, are we are we still in for this volatility? Absolutely. I think we're into this volatility until the election, because I think what the market's pricing in is the fact that we're going to have a trade war until the election. The equity market is pricing that in. I think the bond market already priced it in months ago. I'm feeling very out of place because you guys, none of you guys have a jacket on. So I'm going to take my yes, jacket off. Yes, my jacket to be Play the music. One of the guys here, you know. I'm just yeah. Look at that. The well hell is that? That's out of there here. There it is. Oh, yes. really damn jacket. Beautiful. So listen, so, so Peter Navarro, just in the last hour, said, says that uh, China deliberately de devalued its currency 10% to offset the upcoming 10% tariffs. Uh, and if they do more, we will retaliate. 
we will not let it go unanswered. What is our answer? Well, I think, you know, when we're talking about this volatility, part of it is there's not great messaging out of, uh, out of Washington. So, you know, the president says one thing in the morning. Larry Kudlow says something else in the afternoon. A tweet says something different. And it's really not helping it. We know that we are not going to devalue the dollar in, a, in any material way. We just don't have the mechanisms to do that. When you think about the Chinese, uh, you know, central bank, it is controlled by their polar controlled by their president for life. So, you know, we're playing a different game. There's a lot of people who think that we can really control the narrative of this sort of thing. I think I think Tuesday showed us, or what was the day of the fixing? Was it Wednesday morning when it we was, saw it, that? It, it, was, it was actually... Tuesday night, fixing that had us down 600 yeah, points. I, I, I just think that was just such a shot across the bow. I don't think it, it might have been manipulation. It wasn't a devalue. Uh, you know what I mean? And so, at the end of the day, I think until we get the rhetoric in, in a more um, sane place, I think this is going to go on for but, a bit. So, sane is a good word for me to, to draw upon because if you think about where markets have been, I think we've been all over the map. And if you know, we're 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 less than 100 S&P points off of all-time highs. Um, if you think about where repositioning has gone on in terms of both volatility, but more importantly, bull bear expectations, you often hear me talk about the AAII bull bear readings, and I think they're important to understand really where the sentiment for investors is. I think at this point, sentiment is quite poor. I'm not telling you there shouldn't be uh, concern out there, but I do think we, we've actually gotten to a place where people are very aware of global growth risk. They're very aware of the trade front. Um, it's also very clear that the administration sees a market at all-time highs, and it's often when they come out and shoot the gun. But, and but, I mean, but, obviously, but, the guns quickly, that are do you really believe that sentiment's that poor? We just said how far we are off from the all-time highs. I think back to last September when we were, we had, listen, there was a lot of trepidation about the Fed's uh, rate hiking policy and, and obviously about trade war and the market was making new highs on September 20th, 21st or something like that. Well, we went down 20% over the next two and a half months. And, you know, you can say that sentiment was just really complacent back then. The thing that makes me nervous, Tyler, is we're up 16% on the S&P right now and I think we're pretty complacent. I think sentiment is way too we're positive. We're up 16% as that chart just showed year to date. But if you go back and look at where we were yep. a year ago, what are we up three or four percent? That's right. It's Maybe. not marginal. Maybe. Right. We've, we've, we've gone absolutely Ready nowhere, water. and it's because every two weeks you have to reprice in a different scenario. And we've talked about this currency again. If you're thinking about what the president's doing, Dan talked about multiple different multiple different messagings coming out. The most important thing right now is the U.S. dollar. If the U.S. dollar goes higher, it's a global wrecking ball. So the government, the, the administration has to keep the U.S. dollar lower. The way I look at it is, and, and you know, you talk about this a lot, Dan Carter comes on and talks about it, but you can, the other side of that is markets have done absolutely nothing. So the point is, with all the volatility in there, that's a terrible risk-adjusted trade. But you can make an argument that we're back to October of 2017 in terms of small caps. We're back to below January or really at January 2018 in terms of the overall market, where you actually have seen earnings growth. We haven't been in an earnings contraction. Re rates are actually lower. You can make an, an, an argument that global central banks are the backstop that none of us here want to see, theoretically, because we know no, it's it's a it's a race to the bottom of nowhere. But for markets, it's a backstop. And for markets, reaching out the risk curve tells me that it's it's not unbelievable to think that equities could go higher at some point. Kyle, can I just say one thing quickly? Sure. I mean, you mentioned this, but, you know, Mr. Navarro, who's I'm sure is a brilliant man, much smarter really? than big, I, which big, is not sad. Big fan of the show, by the way. Big fan of the show. I don't think he's a brilliant man. Big fan of the show. But, you know, he just said the Chinese no. are diva. You know, the Chinese have been currency manipulators, except that they've been propping their currency higher for the last 18 yes. months. Yes. Isn't that the manipulation? Isn't it, well, that equally? Whoa, whoa. Yes, except that other people will say they're manipulating it lower. So 
Yes, they, they've been trying to play nice in the sandbox right. for the last two years. Right. Now they're saying, you know what, maybe we don't need to play as nice. That's problematic. And let's be clear, and, and I don't want to segue into our next segment, but we're kind of getting there. If we are think, getting there. If you think that, that, that China is going to mess around with their currency when they've spent the last 10 years trying to engineer themselves into a global reserve currency and settlement of commodities and, and to, you know, SDR, uh, greater weighting, and MSCI weightings, they're not going to. Um, they're not going to. But they, so they, I, may, yeah, I, they may not want to, but that's the key point. We know that China needs U.S. dollars. We know they've had three banks that have gone under and have now been nationalized. We know that they need dollars to run their economy. They're short of dollars. So that's why this currency war can quickly slip into a crisis. And that's where you start to get the knock-on effects. Let's move on to some really scary stuff, shall we? Let's, Let's do, do that. Why not? Wrapping up a wild week for the markets here in the U.S., and there could be some major global threats on the horizon. Three international hotspots on our radar that you need to watch this weekend, folks. First is Hong Kong. Anti-government protests escalating today. Demonstrators uh, over there packed Hong Kong's international airport. Many of them were dressed all in black, wearing masks. Second, Italy. The government there on the brink of collapse... I'm a little cynical here. What else is new? It yeah. has happened a few times, ladies and gentlemen. The Italian prime minister now facing a confidence vote as fresh elections there loom. And third, of course, is Iran. The tensions there continue to rise along the oil strategic strait of Hormuz. So let's talk about how investors should navigate this, starting with Hong Kong, which yesterday Steve Eisman on our air said was the one, and Eisman being the guy who foretold the, the market yep. uh, mm -hmm. uh, break back a decade yep. ago, said that, that Hong Kong is the thing that worries him to death. He should, because the PLA, the People's Liberation Army, is the largest militarized force in the world. And God forbid something happens there, then it's, a, then it's a bilateral agreement here in the United States that we can't do anything going forward with the Chinese. This situation with China gets worse. And I think it really probably strengthens the U.S. dollar more, which President Trump doesn't want, and it weakens our, our U.S. stock market more. So God forbid something will happen there, and it appears as though something may. That, to me, is the worst of the three. I, I think the key for Hong Kong is what you saw is the chief executive, Carrie Lam, came out and said today, these protests are hurting the economy, and we're going to have to take bold actions. When you hear a government official, whether it be a central banker, a finance minister, or the Panic. chief executive, that means something big is coming, right? That's, that, that's a government talk for, we are going to do something. So is it going to be some sort of forceful squashing of the protesters? Or is it going to be something that they do with the currency? Maybe the Hong Kong dollar moves and breaks a peg over the next week or so. But if you think about the, the, the geopolitical side of this, and obviously as it relates to the big forces out there, um, U.S. and China, China is accusing, if you read the China Daily and you read all the state media sources, they basically think that the U.S. They're is accusing the U.S. of doing This it. is U.S. foment, and this is all coordinated since the trade war ratcheted up. And if you want to believe that, obviously that is only driving a bigger wage. By the way, you know, this is something that is not... Uh, uncommon for the administration, not just this administration, but others. I mean, think about the role we've played in Russia where we've gone into their backyard. And I'm not saying we're doing this in Hong Kong. I'm telling you, if you want to really get the ire up of some of the biggest geopolitical forces in the world, you go into their backyard where they think it's their sphere of influence and you start playing politics. And frankly, that is something that at least the Chinese are accusing the U.S. of doing, and it's not going to help the trade. I know I need to worry about Hong Kong. I know I need to worry about uh, Iran. Do I need to worry about Italy? 
No. Okay. I mean, listen, I think, I think 2011, 12, 13 told us you do not have to worry about Southern Europe. I mean, listen, we've been talking about this all the time. Just look at European banks. They've been telling you that Europe has been in a constant state of financial crisis since our crisis 10 years ago. Look at all the negative Shouldn't you worry? sovereign debt. I mean, that, well, what I'm saying, well, what I'm saying is it, the, the, banking, I don't the banks are being destroyed, and I agree with that. I, I know. but with, I mean, with, with negative yields, you can't support a banking system when the banks are being crushed. I think the point is we're all kind of giggling that we change our socks um, more than, or, or Italy changes governments more than we change our socks other than Brian. Um, but, I mean, I think you have a case here. Just to be clear, I don't just, wear socks. It's not that I don't change my socks. <laughs> I it's don't true, wear he has no socks. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so, let's pivot now and talk a little bit about Brexit, which is the pound getting pounded on growing fears that uh, the U.K. could leave the E.U. without a deal. So what is next for Sterling? Carter Worth is here, the chart master. Take us through the pounded pound. It, it sure is pounded, Tyler. And, and I don't think the pounding's quite finished, but let's draw some lines. So here's a chart. Last three years, no judgments, annotations by me or anybody. But I think certainly you could say this. In 2018, you had a virtually perfect double top. You also, of course, have a virtual perfect trend line and a break in trend. There's no way around that. It all happened. Let's get rid of the minor and look at more intermediate or major setups. Same chart. And what we know, of course, is that having worked itself into the apex of this formation, we have now finally broken. So that reference point is also come and gone. Next reference point is the lows of 2016. Close today at uh, one spot 203. That's about 118. And I think it's just a foregone conclusion that we get at a minimum uh, to that level. Now, the really big level, of course, is the all-time epic low. So here's the minor formation that we just looked at. Do we get to that low? I would think so. But this is the plaza accord, right, when the world got together to weaken the dollar. What was it? Um, pound was, of course, the reciprocal. That's basically parity. That's a per pound, per dollar. Can we head there? Why not? Pounded like a nice veal milanese. Ooh, how, oh, how do I trade oh, yeah. it? How do I trade it for dinner? Yeah. Boom. Yeah. Yeah. Ah. So, so look, here's what I'd say. I, I think people don't think about the U.K. as being a pivotal economy for the world. However, um, if you think about what we were all talking about in the summer of 2011, it, is ultimately that uh, the beggar thy neighbor approach to uh, how European politics are playing out is something that, that really probably leads to more protectionism rather than less. Um, if you look at FTSE stocks, uh, who have actually, I think, ultimately historically benefited from a weaker pound sterling with a 5% dividend yield, I actually think that they're very cheap at this level. Um, I realize that it's not a very exciting place to be investing when you've got heavy banks, a few industrials in there. But and the it's, British it's economy contracting. Yeah, right. But, contracting. But, right. but, but the stocks have pulled back almost 10 percent in the last. But month. don't you think the biggest takeaway It's kind of not too different than what we've seen here across Europe. You've seen this kind of right leaning populist movements. It's, it's very nationalistic. And we're seeing that being played out in these different economies. We're seeing it in ours. It's one of the reasons why we are now all of a sudden starting to contemplate this global synchronized slowdown. And now you're seeing this race to the bottom as far as yields are concerned. And my, I guess my only point, bring it back to the S&P 500. That's where we started this thing. What does this all mean for your 
your money, I think there's a lot of complacency. You can put up any board you want with a lot of scary little things, Iran and Hong Kong. They're all proxy situations for other stuff that's going on. And I can't tell you in the last 10 years that I can remember a time where there were so many hot spots from a geopolitical standpoint, Very not good. just Very an economic standpoint. Very fair point. Right. And if you look at it, right, you think around the world, okay, so what do I do with my money, right? I'm in Britain. I'm in Europe. I'm in Hong Kong. I'm in Asia. What do I do with my money? I can't buy any of those currencies. So what do I do? I buy gold. I buy U.S. Treasuries and I buy Bitcoin. And we've seen them all rise this and week. And U.S. equities. And, and, and possibly you know, look, U.S. The, equities. There's, you know, there's a possibility, yeah. You know what scared me the most were those little eyebrows that Carter just drew over the top Carter? of the chart yeah. there. Yeah. It's, a, it's a, a double top eyebrow. The double top eyebrow. No, Tim's point, just, it, just make it about a flight emoji. of quality in U.S. equities because that is Pointing. what you will see for a while until we see correlations, correct, go to one when we have some sort of global sort of sell-off across multiple risk assets. It says we're just getting started here. We are. But know that. I mean, yeah, we are. We're almost finished here on Fast Money. Well, Here's what's coming up next. It's Mall Madness. We're gearing up for a big round of retail earnings. How you could bag some discounts ahead of those reports. But first... Where's my steak? It's a full-blown food feast on Wall Street. Investors chowing down on food stocks. But have they had their fill? We're digging in. We're live from the NASDAQ market site in New York's Times Square. More Fast Money right after this. Imagine earning a degree that prepares you with real skills for the real world. Capella University's programs teach skills relevant to your career so you can apply what you learn right away. Learn how Capella can make a difference in your life at capella.edu. All right, welcome back to Fast Money. Wall Street's fast food feast continued today. McDonald's, Hershey, Tyson, Chipotle, all fresh, all-time highs in today's session. These names adding some tasty gains already baked mm. in for the year. So what's driving the investor appetite for the food stocks? Guys, You know what? I'm not sure what it is. Maybe they're running their businesses better. Maybe people are going down the food chain, no pun intended. But i got to tell you, a couple stocks stick out. Tim's been on this McDonald's for a while. Chipotle, one person's gotten it right, Nicole Regan at Piper Jaffray. But the one we've been talking about here for a while is Shake Shack. Everybody says 110 times forward earnings. It's impossible to maintain this valuation. But you go back and look at the quarter, and their comps are up significantly year over year. They're doing everything right. There's still growth. And as Dan Nathan will tell you, Tyler, any stock that prints 88 is going to, Dan? A hunch. Yes, it is. That's silly. Wow. Well, I'll tell you what. So we we spent the first part of the show talking about all the hotspots, everything that's negative out here. The one positive thing we have seen here in the U.S. is average hourly earnings are going up. So Americans are making a little bit more money. The U.S. economy is still strong. So you want to stick with ones that are somewhat U.S.-centric, which brings you to, like, a Chipotle Mexican grill. Now, it's already had a really good run, but if you're looking for some place to kind of hide out, the relative strength in that is pretty impressive. The, the, The reasons this is happening, Tyler, to me, if you ask me, or a combination of the fact that digitization, uh, their online, their loyalty programs are are leading to, first of all, uh, higher ticket prices. Uh, They're getting actually a a more loyal fan base or a more loyal customer. You have a dynamic where the guys talked about really who their consumer is, and the consumer is actually doing better. Um, I think these are companies that if McDonald's, when McDonald's is growing 6-7% in terms of their Amazing. That that might as well be Amazon. 
Amazing. Uh, okay, and, and for this company relative to itself, when it's actually changing and rehashing its image, when in fact, to me, this is one of the top global iconic brands, that explains why I'm willing to pay more for it, especially in but, a, a zero-rate environment. Doesn't the tech thing kind of age out at some point? Look at Domino's. For a couple years, this thing was a massive outperformer. People were talking about all the improvements that they were making, obviously, on their and menu. And it was technology. We've seen that, and then it was also technology. And now you're seeing that earnings growth is massively decelerating. The stock is not doing what McDonald's or Shaq or these others are doing. I think it's down probably 20% from its recent highs. And so some of that is, it's just, this is a stock trading mid 25, 26 times, growing all of a sudden at mid to low teens. And then all of a sudden you say, all right, well, you know, we got that leverage. We kind of moved this thing forward. Right. I don't know. I don't love the, the tech theme. I think it's, I think it's transitory as the Fed. They're giving say. me a wrap, which yeah. you can get at Chipotle. It can happen quickly. Yes, you can. All right. Up next, our final trades. Earning your degree online doesn't mean you have to go about it alone. At Capella University, we're here to support you when you're ready. From enrollment counselors who get to know you and your goals, to academic coaches who can help you form a plan to stay on track. We care about your success and are dedicated to helping you pursue your goals. Going back to school is a big step, but having support at every step of your academic journey can make a big difference. Imagine your future differently at capella.edu. Some fresh news just in, and you probably saw it down there at the bottom of the screen. North Korea has fired two unidentified projectiles. Of all the hotspots we just talked about, we did not mention North Korea, but it remains one to keep an eye on. Don't think that this isn't related to the trade war slash currency wars. We're interfering with Hong Kong. North Korea is distracting us from what else is going on. So I don't think this is a coincidence. You see it that way? 100%. 100%. 100%. And it happens on a, on a Friday when the markets close. Gives you something to think about over the weekend. I'm going to be, you know, conspiracy theory? Yes, because they're usually right, T. Having said that, I mean, think about the distraction that North Korea has been for market players. North Korea has been almost irrelevant every time we've thought about it as a geopolitical risk. I don't want to be uh, overly naive to the tensions that are in that part of the world, but um, this is not something I'm trading on. In fact, we've, this is the second headline like this this week. No, but hold on. That, it's that it's, it's been... another front, though, in this war that we are having with China that's going to go on for decades. That's really the point here. This is a multi-front war at this point. Which would, would, would Kim be doing this if he did not have the tacit permission of Beijing? No. No. No, no, that's the no, point. That's, the that's, point. That's, that's, that's exactly the point. So, you know, to Tim's More point, mischief. I don't think it's, a, it's not a catalyst that you're going to Monday morning make a trade on, but you need to be aware that we are in this kind of economic slash currency war. These type of things happen. All right, folks, let's go to our final trade, shall Why we? Not? We don't I like do that. that. Who's going to go like first? Your well, Tim? It says Tim. It's often what happens. It's often what happens. So I want to go back to McDonald's. I think Steve Easterbrook has done a phenomenal job not only growing U.S. comps, but changing the image of this company, digitizing. I stay in this trade despite this valuation. The valuation to me right now does not matter. BK? So I like to talk a lot about the dollar, but I'm going to talk about a different currency tonight, GLD. You buy that one here. All right, sir. Yeah, stick around for OA. That's the show that comes up right after you. Yeah, that's right. I'm going to be here for that. We're going to talk about Cisco. I actually think this is probably one of the most important earnings prints of this cycle right now. At this point in the cycle, we're going to tell you how to play it. Got to stay tuned. Sir? I... The, the fact that you just threw that jacket off, I mean, that had to be a CNBC first. It was, that was just right off the sleeves right off, too. Rolled I mean, the sleeves right. I may you take more friendship off. bracelets on and Stick on. around we, for we options can action. Hope. I might stick around for Final a little trade. for that. Amgen, we talked about it last night, too. While you were having the blue plate special there at Denny's, we were talking about Amgen. <laughs> and my final trade, where is she? 
It is Amanda Diaz. Yeah. To she North Carolina. Get out of here. To North Carolina for future considerations. Get producer get her Amanda, where is she? There she is. Come on, you got to come on. Producer this is the last yeah. moment. There she is. One of the She's best. been one of the hardest workers at CNBC. She has been toasted and roasted all week. We've loved having you with us. We wish you good luck. She is going on the Pursuit of Happiness tour to North Carolina. We wish her all the best. Gonna miss her. Have a yeah. great time. You will be much missed. That's it for Fast Money, but don't go anywhere because Options Action is next. Who knows what I'll take off. <laughs> Imagine earning a degree that prepares you with real skills for the real world. Capella University's programs teach skills relevant to your career so you can apply what you learn right away. Learn how Capella can make a difference in your life at capella.edu.